Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. We're talking football with Cody Juno, sideline reporter and extraordinaire of all things websites. I just made that up, but hey. You totally made that up. You're you're the tech guru of the uh, of the bunch, Craig. <laughs> How are you doing, Cody? I'm good, man. It's uh, you know, it's a nice Wednesday night here. We're inching closer to uh to another game day, so it's good. Absolutely. I I I'm, it's just I think I told this to Jay this weekend when, when I recorded with him on Monday. I said, you know, I said I wasn't excited about the season starting until I saw the first football game on TV. Then I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. So Yeah, I'm just like – and week zero was such a tease, right, because, A, it was a small slate, but, B, you weren't playing. Uh, and then you get Thursday night, right, you get – you got great games last Thursday – you know, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Purdue, and, and Penn State. And then you go Friday, eh, okay game, big one for the Sunbelt Conference as, as Old Dominion was able to knock off, uh, you know, former Region Cajun defensive coordinator Brent Pry and Virginia Tech. And then you get to Saturday, and I know we're, we might talk about some later, but the, the early window for Saturday was just bananas between ECU and NC State and App in North Carolina. Uh, it's just a, a wild, wild uh, opening weekend, a fun opening weekend of college football. And, you know, sign me up for more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk Cajun football. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about the offense first. First, first series, nine plays, 79 yards, four, four minutes and 20 seconds. I thought looked like a well-oiled machine. And I'm thinking, hey, we're going to run these guys out of the stadium. What's your thoughts on the first drive before we get into the rest of the game? Well, I, I think, you know, when you look at that first drive in particular and those first, uh, I guess, two drives, right? Um, you know, we mentioned it on the broadcast, and I don't know if you, if you picked it up, but the Cajuns started off the contest four for four on third down. Yet they finished, uh, you know, in not nearly as well, right? And that kind of led to some of the struggles um in, in the second half so for me what we saw in those first couple of drives was consistency and and converting on those on those big downs right uh, something that the Cajuns uh, struggled to do a year ago right they were just they ended the game just six of 15 after starting four for four you know so that's a little concerning and disheartening right there but I thought that uh, I thought that Chandler showed good control of the offense um and, and, you know, the guys went out and they made plays early on uh, that they didn't actually make later on in the game, which is why the Cajuns weren't able to convert and, and score some more points. But, you know, starting fast, right, the Cajuns got off to that 7 nothing start. That's something that Louisiana struggled with a season ago. And Michael Desmond actually talks about it a good bit in the preseason, right, putting an emphasis on starting fast, starting, you know, starting fast, coming strong out the gates, kind of setting that tone um, moving forward. And so it was, for me, that was good to see, Hey, they took the football. Well, first defense got them a stop. Then they took the football and marched right down the field and put seven up uh, with a touchdown pass from, um, from Chandler to, uh, to Johnny Lumpkin. Well, Johnny, let's talk about Johnny Lumpkin there because you hear all, you heard all summer long, Hey, we're going to use the tight end more. We're going to use the tight end more. And I'm going, okay. Every coach says that. And then when we get into a game time, you never see the tight end around. Uh, I believe we ended up with eight or nine catches to tight ends. Uh, so Johnny had five, Neil had two, and uh, Pierce Meagle had one. So that's eight catches when you when you combine those three guys, right? Pierce Meagle, 
a tight end, but more of that H-back type position that kind of swings through, um, you know, can kind of play some fullback when needed for, for the Cajuns. You know, uh, let's see what happens this week, right? Was that more of a product of the game plan? Uh, or is that truly going to be an emphasis of the offense? Uh, I am, you know, of the opinion that let's throw it, you know, using those guys in the middle of the field will do nothing but open up, right, the outside. So you can let your wide receivers go out and make some plays who, you know, I mean, the ball, they spread the ball around, right? Uh, Combray had two catches. Chris Smith had two catches on the backfield. <clears throat> Michael Jefferson had two catches. But one big drop because he saw the end zone, right, on that first pass from, from yeah. Ben Woods where he's going to split the gap and probably take that sucker to the house. Uh, Neil Johnson had two catches. And then Jacob Bernard, who dealt with a little bit of a lower uh, injury, a lower body injury, didn't play in the second half. He had one catch. Uh, Jamal Bell sighting, right, uh, for the first time in a couple of years. And uh, Dante Fleming and Jacob Cabote each had a catch as well. So certainly spread the ball out, right, 20 total completions. Uh, and outside of Johnny Lumpkins five, everybody else who caught a pass either did it twice or, or just once. How nice was that though to see Jamal Bell catch a pass? So, I mean, after what he's been through the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it, good for Jamal, right? Sticking with it, coming back, dealing and battling through the injuries. Uh, you go back to 2018 and then his emergence right in that first game in the Superdome in 2019 against Mississippi state, uh, you know, when he went down, it was a big blow to the Louisiana offense in 2019, right? Um, and, and it's taken him this long to get back. So happy for a guy, you know, who has worked hard over the past two years, stuck with it um, to get an opportunity, right? And to kind of make that opportunity to pay off. So uh, really good to see Jamal back out there. What about the running backs? I, I thought the running backs played uh, well. I'd like to see Jacob Cabote get a few more touches. But, but then you also uh, Terrence Williams, who just, I mean, 10 touches, 61 yards. I mean, my gosh, you know, not, I understand FCS opponent and all that, but at the same time, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go back, let, let's rewind a little bit and go back to fall camp 2021 and who's going to emerge as that third back, right? Who's going to be that guy that's going to be with, you know, Monty Bailey and, and Chris Smith. And as it turns out, obviously it was Montreal Johnson, but between Montreal Johnson, Draylon Washington and Terrence Williams, all through fall camp, those guys were all neck and neck, right? Nearly, you know, I've had somebody describe it to me as, as almost a coin flip type situation, um, you know, that, that Montreal got the, uh, got the call. And obviously we saw what he, what he was able to do, you know, running off to, uh, to some of our conference freshman of the year. I say that to say that there's a lot of talent in uh, Matt Bergeron's running backs room, right? A lot of talent. Uh, and so I'm not surprised to see those guys come in. In fact, you know, I would like to see Terrence Williams and Jacob Cabote and Draylon Washington carry the football, carry the bulk of the loads for the Louisiana offense. Use Chris Smith out of that backfield. You got to run him, you know, so the defense can't cue in on, on pass specific all the time. But let Chris get out there and operate in space, right? That's when he's at his best. You saw he had that great catch, one-handed catch, you know, down the far sideline. Um, so I really, I mean, to your point, you know, I thought Terrence Williams really, really ran the ball well. And yeah, Jacob Cavoti just six touches uh, with 27 yards on those six touches, right? So um, again, game flow, rotations will, will kind of dictate some of that. But for me, you know, if I'm writing something down that I want to see Saturday night, I want to see Terrence Williams, Jacob Cavoti run the rock a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, 
we, we kind of skipped over it, but I, I thought, you know, after the first drive, I don't think Chandler Field struggled so much. It, he just, it, it didn't look the same. Um, I mean, and after that first drive, you're thinking, my goodness, this guy's going to be, you know, some about all conference, but your thoughts on Chandler Fields and Ben Wolder, what you saw being uh, uh, field side. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought both quarterbacks uh, made some some good plays, you know, probably had a couple throws that, that they would like back. I thought you know, there were times that their receivers didn't help them out either, right? Um, you know, for, for me, I think one thing seeing Chandler in game action, true game action for the first time, right? Um, he's his heights, I think, going to cause some issues at times for the Cajuns, right? Levi Lewis was, again, a smaller stature quarterback, but the way Levi moved about the pocket, uh, you know, at least that's my first impression from my first full game of, of watching Chandler. So how do the how can the Cajuns kind of move some of those launch angles, right? Um, you know, you also saw, I think, Louisiana, I, I, I thought for an opening game, and you kind of expect this, but I thought both game plans were very vanilla, right? There was nothing uh, schematically that, that, that schemed things open, um, you know, and, and so I, I'm excited to see that the offense, uh, you know, evolve and, and really see that the creativeness come out. But no, I, I thought both quarterbacks handled themselves just fine. Um, you know, Chandler going 13 for 20, 173 yards, he had two touchdowns. He did take two sacks, right? Ben, seven of 11. Both guys had a couple drops, 68 yards. Uh, I thought, again, both guys commanded the offense. I will say this. I thought that the offense kind of hummed and moved a little bit better with Chandler on the field. And I think that's kind of maybe some of those leadership qualities that Dez has alluded to, um, you know, which I think led into some of the decision in naming him the, the starter. Uh, I mean, overall, obviously very, very passing great for both of those guys. Can they both improve? Absolutely. We're going to see the, the, you know, air quotes, two quarterback system. Uh, and play again this week. And so, you know, they'll each get another opportunity to go out there on Saturday. You brought up uh, Chandler's two sacks, and you also brought up Levi Lewis. And this is where I think that uh, Chandler is um, has some room for growth, I guess I will say, or room for improvement. And, and also I think what we forget is Levi was around for five years and played where Chandler, this was his first game starting. I thought Levi had better field awareness and probably wouldn't have been sacked. And I think Chandler needs to recognize those because those were corner blitzes. That's something I think he's got to see. Well, I think to your point, right, that's going to come with game reps. You know, this is the first game that he started since, what, 2018 when he was a high school senior, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? And, and so, you know, maybe even 17, right? Depending on, on kind of the year in which I'd have to look it up. The COVID year throws me completely off when you had a exactly. red shirt, you know. Um, check, you might have some eligibility left with all the, with all the COVID stuff. But I, uh, I was I was there a pretty long time already. <laughs> <laughs> but but the point being, uh, that's a game rep thing, right? That's, that's, you know, coming in, being able to recognize that, pick it up, make the line call, make the protection change. You know, and, and honestly, having your receivers, right, help you out, uh, alerting you to what's coming. Um, so all of those things, I think, are just merely game reps. Uh, you know, Des talked about it tonight in his weekly press conference. One of the things he mentioned was they're a lot calmer this week, 
right? That things are, they got that game under their belt. The anxiety's not there. Maybe some of the nervousness doesn't seem to be there this week in practice. Uh, and I think you're going to come out and see, because I do think you saw them play tight at times, right? And so, because a lot of those guys, right, are, are making their first starts or making, you know, seeing significant playing time for the first time in their careers. And, you know, for some of them, it's been two or three years, right? Uh, coming out of high school and whatnot. So uh, I think those are, that's a nerve type deal and those things will subside as we uh, move into the season. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing that uh, the, um, I, I think, I don't care how long you've been playing the game, that first game of the season, the butterflies come out because until you get that first hit or make that first hit, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, th- I mean, I think you're spot on, right? I think they, you know, you got it. And, and, you know, you, you couldn't tell it by the start. Right. Uh, but I think as the game wore on, there was still kind of, um, it's a little bit of uneasiness, right. Of, of, of kind of that first game and uh, excited to see what, uh, what the next 11, you know, hopefully uh, 13 more will bring us. Well, you mentioned vanilla. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go there right now. Then uh, you mentioned it earlier about the offense being vanilla. How much of that is, okay, this is a game we should win. Uh, you know, we really, no offense to Eastern Michigan. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but, you know, and no offense to ULM, but, you know, really, and Rice, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting somebody. I knew there was another one. You know, our, our true first test should be some uh, South Alabama. And how much do you want to show week one? No, I, I don't think you're saving anything looking that far down the road, right? I think it's it, it really is a week-by-week approach. Um, I know, I know I should I should have the, the, uh, the uh, you know, coaching hat on or whatnot, right? But it, it really is. I think that, the, again... I think it was some of that first week, let's get out here, let's get our basics down, right? Let's run. We don't need to show any – look, no disrespect to Southeastern Louisiana, but we don't need to show anything exotic, right? Like that's just – it is what it is. That's where one program is versus where another program is, right? That's just the reality that a lot of these games should be that way when, you, when you're facing an, an FCS opponent because of where this program has come, right? The I mean – the the great lengths and strides that this program has taken has got it to that point. Uh, and so I just think that I, you know, I don't know if the weather impacted some of that too, Craig, right? Um, you know, again, it wasn't raining, but the ball was wet. The field, the playing surface was wet and slick. And and so uh, I I just think it was, hey, let's we don't need to show anything, so we're not going to show anything. But if they need to, you know, throw the entire kitchen sink at Eastern Michigan this week, they will. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I, I, I think some of it, you, the field conditions, the wet, and sometimes that whole artificial turf there, even though it's not raining and it's kind of wet, you, you tend to be a little cautious, I guess. Well, and also, I mean, let's think about this too, right? Especially in the second half as the game evolved, the offense sputtered, right? Like they, they sputtered, but the game was in hand for most part. Yes, it was 17-7, right? But, you know, you're still up two scores and your defense is playing incredible, right? And 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 so taking the football away. And so you, you know... <sighs> It's strange because, yes, at 17-7, the game was, quote, close, but 
I don't get the sense that it was right. And, and so you have, I, I think some of that too is, okay, look, things are certainly not going our way here in the second half. Let's continue to try to work on some of these things. You know, we think we can get, we can move the football and, and continue to pound that stuff out. So I think I say all of that, right. Really long way to say, I think some of the game dictated kind of some of the vanillaness as well. Absolutely. And I think also, I think, uh, it changes it a little bit if Eric Garrar doesn't take the punt return back and you get Ben Ben Woolrich in there a little bit earlier as opposed to the last drive of the half. I, I think that all kind of changes your your mindset and everything as well. So just kind of there. Uh, defensive, though, uh, it was good to see guys like Cam Badesco and Portland Flowers flying all over the field. Seems like they were in on a lot of tackles. And not in just their standing in the middle of the field. You know, they were all over the field doing things. What did you see from the defense down on the field? Yeah, so let's start. We could start there. Uh, I mean, and, and we knew that this unit was going to be probably the strength of the defense, right? That secondary, but really those safeties. Uh, and, and so, you know, Cam has been a playmaker for the past three years, right? Going to bust on the scene. I think dating back to maybe even 2019, right? Going back to the Superdome. Yeah. Uh, so entering year four and um, has just been an absolute stud, everyday guy. Uh, you know, seven is a lockdown corner. I don't care that he's five foot nine. He's got the confidence. He's got the swagger. And guess what? He backs it all up, right? The things that you have to have at that position. Uh, and, and, you know, you're replacing a guy at Percy Butler, right? A fourth round draft pick who's going to play on Sunday. Uh, you know, back there at that safety position, you've got Braylon, you know, Braylon Tronhaw still back there and, and Brandon Bishop coming in and, you know, all those guys playing at, at that star position. Um, I thought the secondary, now they played a lot of off coverage, right? But they did what? They kept everything in front of them. Um, you know, oddly enough, the one time somebody got behind them, it was called back for a penalty, you know. Um, but for the most part, they kept everything in front of them. And, and really, really played within the defense, right? That was the game plan because Cephas Johnson was not going to beat you with his arm. So keep everything in front of you, keep your eyes on the quarterback, right? So that you can come up and help and run support. Um, I'll tell you that being down on the field, that guy's a man. He's every bit of six foot five, 230 pounds uh, that, that Southeastern has playing quarterback. And, and so, you know, one thing I was impressed with is we saw those secondary guys come up and make tackles at near the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, so I thought they did a really good job. I thought the linebackers played well too, right? Um, and, and, and that was kind of a pleasant surprise. For me though, the concern to front, uh, too many times I saw the Cajuns getting play calls in late and are making late substitutions when somebody was not over the football, right? So, and again, you've got a first time defensive coordinator, You've got, you know, what, three new coaches on that side of the football. So all of that coming together. And then for me, um, and this is a depth issue, it's a twofold issue on the defensive line. Uh, you saw the depth wear thin in the second half as the offense was sputtering. Those guys were on the field a lot, started to get pushed around. Um, and that's that's because that position lacks depth, right? For, you know, Des confirmed tonight that Kendall Wilkerson's done for the year. You know, okay. so um, that's that's something that the Cajuns are going to have to deal with, you know, going forward. Right. You've got Dalvin Hutchinson, another defensive lineman who's played for you. 
has been hurt, you know, is, is hurt and, and is out again this week. So dealing with injuries there. Um, and, and this part might've been part of the game plan, but I felt that there was a real lack of ability to put pressure from the front four. Cajuns didn't do a ton of blitzing, right? I don't know if they dialed one blitz up on Saturday, but I felt that the front four, which is, and, and, and this, here's the other part of it too, right? We've, we were so spoiled by, uh, Taylor Humphrey and Vic Sauce, right? Like Vic Sauce is just doing his thing, sitting in the middle. And then you put Zion Hill green on the other side of him. And then you got Chauncey Manat coming off one side and Andre Jones doing this thing on the other side, like a monster defensive front. Well, you take two of those guys out, you remove some of that depth. I thought the Cajuns struggled for the most part to really put pressure on the quarterback uh, from, from that front four. So that's something that I'm going to want to see some improvement on moving forward. Gotcha. You mentioned these substitutions. I noticed that a, a couple times in the booth and I, and it made me look at it more because I noticed they were coming in and I was looking for one of the uh, officials to be over the ball and he wasn't there. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, Southeastern didn't take advantage of it. Um, but somebody's going to see that on film. Right. And if, if that continues to become a habit and, and they'll catch the Cajuns, you know, trying to make those late substitutions. But again, First time defense coordinator, Lamar Morgan, right? Calling the plays, getting them in. I think that's, again, everybody's got those, you know, to your point earlier, first game jitters. I think that's something the Cajuns get cleaned up this week. Absolutely. All right. So, lastly, where were you on the punt return? Were you on? I was standing right next to Tim Leger on the whatever line that Eric Gore caught the ball. Caught the ball. Okay. I saw the, I saw the, uh, the block, which maybe on film looks in the back live, it did not. Maybe, um, okay. and then I and then, but from that angle, way to take I, a stance. I love it. What I saw, what I saw was the the Red Sea part, right? Like you from that angle, from where I was at, you could see the Red Sea part, and then you know Eric pointed whoever to hey turn around and block that guy, and then he just scooted on home. Yeah, I saw the. Uh which could have been a block in the back or, or that. And I, I was, I, and I just kept looking, but the official was right there and was staring the play down. And right. I mean, look, I think it was, I think it was one of those, you could probably justify it was on the side type deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, it was right at the point of the play almost. Right. Um, which is where you've got those two officials in the back there. They're going to throw their bean bags for where the ball is caught. But yeah, I, I, I happen to be, Standing right because you know Tim Leger, who works with the Cajun returners, what he does is is he walks down to guide the punt returner where to line up, right? So you know he counts off the yardage that they've scouted all week and says, "Hey, this is your line. This is where you need to be." Uh, and so I, I just so happened to kind of be right there with him, and like I said, you saw it. You saw it all open up, and and it was glorious. Absolutely. Cody, let's take our break and we'll come back right after this message. You've been listening to We're Talking. We're talking football with Coney Juno. We'll be right back. We're back and we're talking football with Cody Juno. But before we get back to Cody Juno, Art Garrett is here from uh, Acadian Religious. Hey, Art. Hey. Uh, no, I just want to invite your listeners to uh, come into probably one of the oldest shopping centers in Lafayette, the South College Shopping Center. 
and pay a visit to Acadian Religious Shop. Uh, we've been here almost 60 years. Mom and dad started this place when I was six years old. And we have a great selection of gift items. We have some UL gift items. And of course, because of the name, we have a lot of religious items as well. Books and Bibles and uh, things like that. We have a great selection of kids' gifts, uh, jewelry, whether it's uh, something for the lady, something for the man, uh, as well as we got some, I just put in a line of uh, candles from uh, Jack Daniels. So we have some, believe it or not, bourbon scented candles and uh, they're going quite well. Well, let me ask you this, this time of year, I know you're getting in the Christmas stuff. How quick does that go? It should be people be looking for Christmas gifts right now. This year is an anomaly because uh, items are not flowing like they used to. Uh, that supply chain thing is a real thing. So, uh, yeah, if you want to start shopping early, I would definitely suggest that. Great. Uh, Art Garrett from Acadian Religious. Thanks, you, Art. And uh, we'll have Art come back on in a little bit, ask Cody a couple questions if he can think of one. So, uh, but thanks again, Art. Cody, back to football. Um, before we get to this weekend against Eastern Michigan, what were your thoughts on the Sun Belt, around the Sun Belt, the games? Uh, I mean, Old Dominion wins, uh, App State falls flat. No, I lied. They did not. 40 points in the fourth quarter is not falling flat. I mean, I'll tell you this. The thing the thing for me in that one that right that kind of sticks out is, um, one, don't ever turn your computer off with 40 seconds to go, even though the onside kick has failed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Did you, is that what you did? That's what I did. And then I walked out to, to go to tailgating, right? Um, oh. Down at Cajun Field. And so um, I didn't actually see that. You know, I saw North Carolina score. And I didn't think anything of it. Like I guess I closed the closed the computer and, and walked out. Um, but shocked at the App State defense, or I guess a lack thereof. Right? That's kind of one of the staple points of the um, you know of, of the Mountaineers. And and so I, again, uh, you know, they've got another big matchup uh, this week. And and so um, you know, Cajun uh, Cajun, excuse me, something else. It's going to be a tough week, I think, for the league. Right? Um, they've got. Uh, four, yeah, four teams with top 15 opponents uh, that, are, that are gonna play this week. So we'll see how that fares out. But look, going back to, to week one, right? Uh, obviously you start off strong on that, that Friday night. You get that old Dominion, uh, you know, got, has it to themselves, uh, the TV, right? And, and out there and able to, um, to take care of business, take care of Virginia Tech. And, and so it was really good to see that happen. Uh, you know, and then you know, one game for me that kind of like, man, this one that you really, really wanted was um, Southern Miss falling short in four overtimes to Liberty, right? That, that's one as a league that you really have to have. You know, Texas and, and ULM that happened. Uh, and Marshall took care of Norfolk State as expected. You know, Troy, 28 to 10, um, you know, hanging with Old Miss. Their game plan there was to kind of control the clock, talking to some people. And Troy yeah, 37 season. minutes, uh, they yeah. had the ball. So, and so they were able to do that. Uh, you know, South Alabama absolutely curb, curb stomped. There we go. Um, Nichols uh, handily. Uh, poor Texas State. I mean, it's just, you know, it. I don't know what to, what to say about Jake Spavitol there. Is he on the uh, hot seat if he loses this week? I mean, he's on the hot seat regardless, right? I, I can't see him returning. Um, you know, I, I mean, I they play have, FIU. He's got to win that game. Uh, yes. 
Yes, very much so. Uh, FIU is a, a team also with a, with a first-year head coach um, who, you know, needed, I think, overtime to take care of, uh, of Bryant University, right? And a lot of yeah. you are saying, who? Yes, the Bulldogs uh, from Rhode Island. So uh, how about JMU, though? Just absolutely opening up a can on Middle Tennessee. I know we talked about some of that on the broadcast. Mission at Liberty game. Uh, Arkansas State did what they needed to do. And, you know, uh, COVID Carolina getting a big uh, a big opening game victory. Uh, so overall, right, you saw, I think, a lot of good things from the Sun Belt Conference uh, in week number one. Again, this week's going to be uh, a much stiffer challenge, right? Southern Miss goes to Miami. Uh, North Carolina must want to be in the Sun Belt because they're going to play their second consecutive Sun Belt Conference road game at Georgia State. Uh, Marshall is going to visit South Bend and play Notre Dame. That is uh, Marcus Freeman's first home game. Uh, JMU should be 2-0 as they'll host Norfolk State. Uh, Old Dominion with an opportunity to go and get a big win at East Carolina. You know, that, that was one of those games a week ago, ECU and NC State in that early window. Uh, Arkansas State's got to go to the horseshoe and deal with a uh, what I'm only going to guess is a really, really perturbed Ohio State offense uh, after mm-hmm. last weekend's uh, showing. South Alabama with a big opportunity. Uh, of course, we host a MAC opponent. South Al is going to head up to Central Michigan and play Jim McElwain's team. So, you know, statement win is not the right term, but it's the only way that I can kind of describe it right now uh, for Kane Woolman. If he can go up there and get a really big win, uh, you know, for that program and for the league uh, over a MAC opponent. Uh, App is going to travel to Texas A&M. So, again, we'll see what kind of the defense looks like. Coastal should be 2-0. They've got Gardner-Webb. You mentioned FIU and Texas State. Uh, that game is in San Marcos, right? Uh, Troy's going to host Alabama A&M. They'll handle that with ease. And Georgia Southern's got to go up to uh, to Nebraska. And uh, Nichols is going to travel up to Monroe. So uh, there's your Sunbelt Conference slate that you didn't know you were getting broken down. But I did not. <laughs> but that's, the, that's the schedule. And, again, it's going to be a tougher week, right? Four top 15 opponents. Um but the games that I have circled, right, like two games of the Sunbelt Conference must win, three games of the Sunbelt Conference must win, uh, Louisiana, South Alabama, and Texas State, right? Those are the three, those are the three games of the league. Um, just from a standing standpoint, right, Troy's not going to fall to Alabama A&M. Um, you know, ULM has to beat Nichols as well. Let's throw that one in there too. Um, and James Madison's not going to drop one to Northfield State. I couldn't agree. Uh everything you said let's talk about eastern michigan quickly we don't uh what do you want to see the cajuns do different on offense finish 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 play more consistently right um we talked about it in the uh in, in that first segment you know when it comes to running the football i want to see you know, terrence williams Cody, maybe get some more touches really start to i think get that offensive line kind of in a rhythm and then just be more consistent and finish outside a bunch of drop passes, plays have got to be made, um, you know, really hampered and slowed down that offense, especially in that second half. So for me, it's more consistency. Um, you know, and I thought the offensive line, we didn't, we didn't talk about them. I thought they did some good things. I thought there were some issues, you know, at, at times in the second half. Again, the two corner blitzes were resulted in a sack, but, and that's on the quarterback to not to make those adjustments, right? But, but I thought there were some pressures that they, you know, let in uh, as that game rolled along. And, and, and so, uh, again, that's a unit that's just going to five equals one, right? They just need to continue to play together. 
and, and I think they'll be okay up there. Uh, thin from a depth standpoint. So that's what I want to see from the Cajuns offense. Cajuns defense, again, Eastern Michigan team that scores 42 points uh, and, and a 42-34 victory over uh, their FCS or F, yeah, FCS opponent in Eastern Kentucky, right? Um, so you're going to have some opportunities for, for the Louisiana defense, pressure the quarterback. Find a way to get pressure on the quarterback uh, without having to blitz. For me, I think is kind of the, the big key that I'm looking at, um, you know, wanting to um, to keep an eye on. You look at Eastern Michigan, they ran the ball for, you know, 124 yards. They threw the ball for, um, you know, 271 yards. So nothing that absolutely wows you, right, when you look at them statistically, breaking it down. Uh, but it, but it's a football game. I, I, you know, a team that's going to want to come in here, they're going to be ready to play. They're going to be fired up, an opportunity to, you know, an opportunity, again, you know, $14 tickets, right, because of the 14-game winning streak. You don't believe that that's plastered, right, 14 games, you know, and, and, and every opponent, right, and if it gets to 15 and 16 and so on and so forth. Uh, and so it's just a little extra target that the Cajuns are going to have on their back. So uh, Chris Creighton's going to have his bunch ready to play when they come down to, to Cajun Field on Saturday. And in what looks like should be an improving weather situation, Um. I'm going to be honest, Craig, I want it hot and muggy. And I think the high is only in the mid eighties, you know, upper eighties, should I say? So uh, that's going to be a fantastic afternoon evening for football, right? It's just going to be one of those picture perfect days to get out to Cajun field. Uh, and, and I know I'm, I don't have to tell anybody listening to this podcast that, uh, but if I had my druthers, go ahead and crank up that uh, humidity, my friend from, you know, for our, our, uh, our partners from, from Michigan coming down. Yeah, it looks like in the evening, I'm sure this is later in the night, 71 degrees, but 74% humidity during the day. That's not that bad. And we could use the humidity to kind of to beat them down a little bit. So Yeah, crank it up. So, all right, lastly, uh, I don't think Eric Garrett or, or Chris Smith can improve much in, uh, in the return game, but what do you want to see from your kicker? Consistency. Consistency, right? Uh, you know, Kevin asked me this yesterday, and, you know, are, are we worried after one? Well, no, we're not worried after one, right? He knocked one in. He knocked a shorter one in. I believe the miss was from 43, maybe? 43. 43. So, you know, it's a makeable kick. Um, it's a kick that, that has to be made moving forward. But bounce back, right? The extra points weren't shaky. Um, and so – Yes, you want to you want to see improvement. You want to see consistency. You want to see balls go through the upright. Uh, conversely, on the other hand, score touchdowns, right? Like, again, easier said than done. But score touchdowns, be better in the red zone. That's something that Des talked about today as well during his press conference. Kate just got to do a better job getting down into that red zone and, and, and finishing. And so uh, have your kicker kick a lot of extra points instead of settling for field goals. And I think we'll all be okay. I, I agree, but at the same time, early on in the season, I want him to make some field goals early on to get some confidence because later uh, on in the season, we're going to need that. No, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you, right? Um, you know, Des today mentioned that he, you know, they thought that uh, Stafford kind of rushed that that last one, right, the 43 order that he's missed. So, all right, learning, learning opportunity. Um you know, look, Kenny Almendaris, uh, from where he started to where he was before he got hurt, right, um, 
was was becoming pretty reliable, right? As reliable as as they get almost. And so, you know, for Stafford to go out and beat him in a competition in the spring and in the fall, uh, I mean, I, I think it tells you how confident the Cajuns are in him, right? Now go out and 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 execute uh, and make Craig confident too. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, Cody, we're going to bring Art in. Art, do you have any questions for Cody? I know you, you've been sitting there listening intently. Intently. Uh, Jacob Cabote, um, is, is he that uh, that third-headed monster that, that we hope for in, that, in the backfield? Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the depth chart, Art, he's actually listed second right behind, um, behind Chris Smith. And so he actually went out there second. Uh, was the second back to take the field on, on Saturday. Uh, Cajuns, so Jacob Cabote is a guy who started his career at Texas A&M, um, transferred, has moved from base, moved, spent much of last year actually at wide receiver, right? Came in as a running back. We know how proud of that room was. They tried putting him at wide receiver to see uh, if they could find a way to get him on the field. Didn't pan out for whatever reason. Moved him back to running back uh, in the spring and, and into the fall and really had a good camp. I mean, you look at you, know, you look at Jacob Bodie, right? He goes six for 27, uh, 4.5 yards a pop, uh, but a six foot one, 220 pound redshirt junior out of Baton Rouge, right? Like a guy that I think has an opportunity to really, really be a bruiser along with, you know, with uh, Terrence Williams and Draylon Washington, right? And so to me, you get those big guys moving and lathered up, right? Uh, they're going to have an opportunity to create some problems for some defenses. And that'll allow Chris Smith, I think, to really flourish if the Cajuns are able to use those bigger guys in that role. Um, I want to see, you know, how they operate coming out of the backfield. Obviously, if, if, if they think Cabote could move to receiver, he's got the ability to catch the ball coming out the backfield, right? He had one catch for, for eight yards on Saturday. So uh, I really am excited to see Jacob Cabote, to see um, Terrence Williams. And then I know he had the big drop. But I'm I'm just I'm super excited. I think Michael Jefferson's going to have a monster year out there for the at absolutely. Well, just from what I was viewing from the booth, I just saw this big kid. I'm like, okay, he he's got to be some some on somebody's radar, and uh, I, I think that he knows that, and and I'm sure Coach is going to put some things his way to uh, to really impre impress that upon him. To, to yeah, have a look, break. I don't know. He, he he might have a breakout game this weekend. There, look, there's one thing that the running back room is not is, is not lacking, and that's talent, right? That's I think as talented uh, as a position group you'll you'll find on this Cajun roster. Unproven, right? But I think as talented as, as you'll see um, on on this roster. So really excited to see those guys. You know, uh, get to uh, get the opportunity to play for the uh, uh, over the course of the season. All righty. Thanks, Cody. Uh, tell them, uh, tell everybody again where they can find you at College AD and on Twitter. Yeah, so uh, you can follow our website, collegeAD.com, on uh, the business side, information of college athletics. Uh, if that interests you, kind of, you know, some of how the sausage is made, so to say. Uh, and then on Twitter, I'm at CJuno, uh, C-J-U-N-O-T. Easiest way to follow me for, uh, for Cajun updates uh, on Saturdays from the sideline. Well, thank you. Appreciate everything you do for Cajun Athletics and your uh, sideline reporting. Always good to talk to you. Yep. Same here, Craig. We'll see you next week, bud. Absolutely. You've been listening. We're talking with Craig Malas on today, Cody Jr. from College AD and sideline reporter for the Cajuns, and Art Garrett from Acadiana Religious Shop.
Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.